0: of this new series that we started, Life um, of a Disciple. And if you weren't here last week, kind of what this series is all about um, is this is a place we want people to be able to grow in their walk with Jesus. And whether you're on this end of the spectrum, you're like, man, I don't even know like what I think about Jesus, or this end of the spectrum where you're like, I'm all in. We want everybody to be able to grow Um, in wherever they're at in knowing who Jesus is. And so we talked about last week how Jesus' disciples were those um, that he poured into, that they walked with him for three years, uh, and then their lives started to look like um, Jesus' life as well. And that's all the teachings um, that Jesus would pour out. So for us, we're looking at, okay, if we want to follow Jesus, Like, is my identity in being a disciple of Jesus? Like, a disciple is someone who learns from a teacher, and our teacher is Jesus. Um, So we looked at that last week, and we talked about um, the story in Acts chapter 2, where there's this guy, Peter, who is a disciple of Jesus, and he is speaking in front of thousands of people, um, and he's sharing about the good news of what's happened, like that song that we were just singing um he's he didn't sing it to him. that would have been interesting, but he was like, because of like what Jesus has done on the cross because of his love, like you have access to life, like if you repent um are baptized and receive. The Holy Spirit, because the people are like, how do we receive this life? How do we be forgiven like for the things that we've done wrong? And those are the things that Jesus lays out for them. Um, So we talked about repentance last week. Right. And in in short, like what repentance is, if you weren't here, um, repentance is the action we take to deny our old ways of living before Jesus And to start to step into God's ways, like what God would say is good, the life that God would have us live. That it's not just feeling sorry for yourself or being sorry that you did something, but it's actually the process of coming back to God. Um, So this week we're gonna look at baptism We're kind of going one by one through the things that peter said to this crowd of people like here's what you do repent Be baptized um, And receive the holy spirit. So with the person next to you or a couple people next to you uh, What is baptism like why would someone want to get baptized? What's that all about dunking somebody? It's like dunk tank for christians Um, And then if you have been baptized like why did you choose to be baptized like what? What compels you to take that step? So talk about that for a couple minutes. Ready, go. Okay, so one thought out there. Like, why do you think someone would be baptized? Or what is baptism all about? I know it's scary to answer, but I all heard you talking. So you're talking about something. What, what's something that you think about with baptism? Yeah, Lauren. Totally. That's an awesome answer. We're actually going to dive into that very thing more in a little bit. Yeah, Darren right yeah there's this there's this total like symbolism that goes on in baptism as well those are great answers and man especially if for the people that have been baptized here we're going to have time to talk about that more like in our small groups like why why did you why did you make that choice? Because maybe there's some people here that have never thought about it, or maybe um, you were baptized when you are really little. I'll share a little bit about my story in that as well. And you're like, I don't even remember making that choice, or did I really know what I was doing when I was baptized? And so um, we're going to talk about all those things, both here and in those small groups. But that's what we're going to look at tonight, because like, it's, it'd be kind of weird if Jesus was like, you know what, I'm a really big fan of water. I walk on it. I drink it. Um, and we need it to live, so let's just dunk Christians like in that, because like, what, what does it mean? What is baptism all about? So if you guys could turn to Acts chapter 8, and then I need three readers that will read nice and loud for everyone. So can I get someone that will read Acts chapter 8, verse 26 through 29? Darren's got it. Then someone to read Acts chapter 8, 30 through 35? Anybody? Olivia's got it. Last one, uh, Acts eight thirty through 35. And then the last one is Acts eight thirty-six through 38. Will someone else snag that one for me? Three verses. Sweet. So how this will go down is whoever, Acts 8, um, 36 through 38. So Darren will read. We'll stop really quick. I'll just do a brief recap, and then we'll head right on to the next person. So Darren, in your loudest reading voice, Acts chapter 8, verse 26 through 29. Okay, so briefly, what's going on here? There's this guy, Philip. He's a follower of Jesus. Um, This is after what's gone down with Peter has taken place. So this is a little bit later. Uh, And and so Philip, um, he's going to this destination where he's going to share the good news with this town of people. But on his way, he's on this long road, uh, and God's Spirit that we're going to talk more about next week. Um, God's Spirit says to Philip, Hey, do you see that chariot down there that's like pulled over to the side? Just go over and stay near it, right? Kind of a weird thing for God to tell someone to do, but Philip's like, Okay. So he goes over, and there's this Ethiopian man um, that works for the queen, uh, Queen of Candace, is what it says. And what's important about that, like why it distinguishes what race he is as well, is that at that point, the Jewish people really thought besides Jesus' last instructions, that the good news about Jesus was only for Jewish people a lot of the time. Um, And so this Ethiopian guy, um, maybe they wouldn't have thought to go out of their way to share the good news about Jesus with him. But God says, hey, go stand over by that chariot. Doesn't tell him to say anything or do anything. And then that's um, what takes place. All right, Olivia's got our next section. Awesome. Okay, we'll stop really quick. So Philip... He's standing over by this chariot, and it just so happens that this Ethiopian guy has a scroll or has some sort of parchment where he's reading what we now have is a book of the Bible called Isaiah. So he's got Isaiah, and he's reading it like out loud, and Philip overhears that this guy's trying to read this passage of Scripture. And so Philip is like, hey, do you know what you're reading? What are you reading? Like, Kind of a good question to enter in. And the Ethiopian goes, whether it's a it's a language barrier or whether it's like some of us sometimes, like I get this way, I open up the Bible and I'm like, what the heck is this talking about? Right? Sometimes we, we feel that, sometimes more often than not, um, during different seasons of life. And this Ethiopian is like, I, I can't understand this um, unless someone helps guide me through it, which is such a cool picture to us. That when we come to scripture, when we come to the Bible and it's tough and we don't understand it, we're not a failure. We don't suck. We're not we are not stupid in that. But we ha- we need help sometimes. I have needed help time and time again in my life. Even today, I was asking Greg questions like, will you help me understand this? And sometimes he goes, I don't know. We're going to have to dive in deeper into looking into this even more. So if you ever come to a place in scripture where you're like, what the heck does this mean? It's so good to ask somebody that's maybe a little bit further along in their walk with Jesus than you to see if they can help you guide through it. Um, so Philip does that with him, and what he what's so cool about the passage uh, that that this Ethiopian was reading is it's a prophecy about Jesus, this guy who maybe like a month ago or or maybe two months ago at this point now just died on the cross and then rose from the dead. And so Philip, starting with that passage, tells him this good news that Jesus paid the price for his sins, that there is life that he has access to with God now and forever. Let's keep going and see what happens next, Kes. Awesome. So then what takes place is after hearing this good news, the Ethiopian guy is like, Man, I believe this. I want this life with Jesus, and I want to make like an, I want to take an action. I want to make a declaration, even if it's just me and you, that that's what my life is about now. And so, who knows if they like found this tiny little pond or river or whatever. But he was like, "Well, there's water right here. Let's just do it now, right? Doesn't care. He's in like his chariot clothes or whatever, and and they just stop and do it." And actually, I got a video, because I think it was probably going down something like this. So Heidi, if you could pull that up for us. Maybe some of you have seen this before. But I think this expresses what the Ethiopian guy was feeling. Awesome. Thanks, Heidi. So this kid couldn't wait to get baptized, right? He just yells out, oh, just do it, and dunks himself. And I think the Ethiopian, after hearing this good news was feeling the same thing. He was like, I'm not going to wait till we get back to the city or till I get back to Ethiopia. Like, I want in on this now. Like, I want to make a declaration to you and to God that I am following him. So baptism, first off, is a response to the good news about Jesus. It's the action we take to say, I'm all in. I'm in on this life that he has for me, this new life. And what we see with this Ethiopian is that he doesn't go, I've got to clean myself up first. I've got to make sure that I stop sinning in all these ways. I've got to make sure I memorize scripture and go to church every Sunday. I've got to like start saying the right things and stop cussing or whatever the case may be. These weird things that we get into our brains of like what following Jesus looks like, where it's a part of the process. But he just says, I'm responding now to Jesus. So what does this represent then? Like, why being dunked in water? Um, Turn to Romans, uh, which is just the next book after Acts. So just go a little bit um, to the right to chapter 6, verse 3. All right, this is what it says. Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death, in order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. For if we had been united with him in a death like this, we will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like this. We get this really cool symbolism, this really cool picture, that as someone is being lowered in, just as Jesus like, died on the cross and then went to the grave, taking all of our sins on the cross and then his dead body into the grave, so as we are lowered into the water, nothing magical happens, nothing crazy. It's just normal water. It's a representation that we're acknowledging, yep, like I know that my sins were sealed in the grave with Jesus. That that isn't my identity anymore in the things that I've done, who other people have said that I am, the family even that I come from. Because as we're lifted up out of it, like it shows this picture of new life, just as Jesus raised from the dead. So we raise with him too. to say, I have new life in Jesus. I'm a new person. The person who I used to be is left in that dirty pool water. Um and it's a cool picture like it's a really cool picture how smart of jesus right to give us this picture to to mimic his his death and resurrection and this passage says that we're baptized into christ jesus um so in in being baptized into someone that's like being baptized into his death into his very resurrection into his love into his life into his very Being In this book um, called Colossians, it talks about how how when we are raised with Christ, now our life is hidden with Christ. So with the person next to you, what do you think it means for our life to be hidden with Jesus? What is that talking about? Kind of a weird thing. Talk for a couple minutes. We'll come back together. All right. So I'm going to have my friend Andrew share because when he shared his answer, it was so awesome to hear his insight. So everybody listen up. That's awesome. Yeah. It's like a picture of like these two metals that were once separate and then bonded together that thou they are one entity. It's it's not that, that, OK, here's Matt and here's Jesus anymore. It's like here's this beautiful relationship together. Thanks for sharing that, man. And it sounded like other people uh, around had some great answers as well. But just for time's sake, we're going to keep um, going on. So in Galatians chapter 327, you can turn there if you want, but I'll read it out. Um, It says, for all of you who were baptized have clothed yourselves with Christ. Like what a beautiful picture that almost as we were like down once we've been baptized, we took off like the old things that we used to wear that used to be our identity. But now like what we want to be recognized as, like who we want to be recognized as is Jesus himself. And that's what this series is going to be all about. Like what stuff do we still try to clothe ourselves with? That's really not of Jesus. Because when we've been baptized, when we said, we want to follow you, like it's to be removing those old things and putting on new things. And I'll tell you right now, I've still got to do this on a daily basis. Because there's things that I'm like, wait, no, I still need that jacket so that I feel accepted by people, right? Or I still need those socks because they just keep me so comfortable. Like they keep me so safe. I'm not talking about a real jacket and real socks even though I do have really good socks, blazer ones, in fact. Um, but we all have things that we kind of want to hold to instead of fully clothing ourselves with Christ. Um, so why be baptized? Like, why is this something that someone would want to make this decision? And Lauren, I think, said it super well, that for one, like, this is a declaration to other people um, and before God saying, like, I'm all in. And also, I need people around me to support me in this thing, too. It was pretty bold of the Ethiopian guy to just say, Philip, even though we live in like different countries, right? Like, you're my dude right now, um, that I'm saying before you. But what's crazy is even with this story, a lot of scholars believe that this Ethiopian guy actually took the gospel to Ethiopia. Uh, And there's traces actually back to this original church that maybe he helped plant, which is pretty crazy. We never know how far this thing may go. But I liken liken it to this. I've heard it before. So um, when I proposed to Kathleen, uh, when we got engaged, um, I I saved up, I got a ring, took time, took some sacrifice, right? Um, And then as I knelt down and almost dropped the ring in the ocean, um, no kidding, uh, I said, like, I am committed to you. I'm committed to this thing. Like I'm gonna love you the rest of my life. And while that day was awesome, like it wasn't as good as our wedding day, where it actually took place, right? Where I mean, the we, we had a ton of people at our um, at our engagement thing. we had a little party afterwards at Mo's and it was great. but our wedding day was so good. Like there was nothing looking back on it where we're like, man, that sucked because we were like before God and before all these people brought, Together as one. And she's my wife on that day now. Not just my fiance, my wife. And baptism is this picture of like saying before these people, like, I am committed to God. I'm committed to Jesus and his ways. And while baptism isn't the wedding day, like, it's that engagement ring saying that one day I know I'm going to be fully united with Jesus where there'll be no more sin, there'll be no more pain, there'll be no more, no more sorrow. And we'll be fully together in his kingdom, walking, talking, being able to experience the fullness of his love with nothing holding us back. Because engagements also can be broken off, right? Like people can choose to cheat. People can choose um, to not love someone in that process. Because baptism, while it's this awesome moment of this declaration, it also doesn't save us Like being baptized doesn't mean that's your ticket into heaven or your ticket into a relationship with God. It's symbolism. It's like putting a ring on a finger, but you've still got to live into the identity that you have that ring on that finger now. Because unfortunately, I've, I've been, well, no, fortunately, I've been doing this for seven years now here at Harvest. Um unfortunately, there's been several students over the years that, that I've I've gotten to baptize and, and I look at their lives now and they some of them walked away from Jesus just months after. And they're like, no, nah, I'm kind of done with this. And as as I was doing this lesson, it just broke my heart to think of person after person that now in college, now out of college, whatever it may be, has said, I'm done like with Jesus. He's not for me anymore. Some said it very openly and some just drifted and drifted and drifted slowly but surely just took off that ring, right? So I just want it to be clear that while baptism is awesome in this cool moment, it does nothing special of saving us other than this declaration to God and to people. And it's a reminder for us, something we can look back on to say, wow, like I said to Jesus, I'm all in. When I look at this ring, it's supposed to remind me that, that I'm Kathleen's husband. And she's my wife. She's the only one. um, And there's nobody else. So just to wrap up here, um, the last thing is that Jesus himself was baptized. And if you ask me why he chose this, we're actually going to talk about that in small groups. It's kind of it's an interesting answer, I think, in a lot of ways, because I don't know all the reasons that Jesus chose to be baptized. But what we do know is that he was around 30 years old when this took place. And, And this passage happens in Luke chapter 3. Uh, You can turn there if you want, verse 21 through 23. And in essence, what happens is there's this guy named John the Baptist who was baptizing people for forgiveness of sins. So it was like I recognize like what my sin is against God. And as like I'm dunked in and come out, like I recognize that I'm receiving forgiveness from God and that I'm leaving that sin behind me. I'm going forward away from it, back towards God's ways. It wasn't this this recognition of salvation. It was just this recognition of forgiveness. And so Jesus comes up to John and says, hey, I want to be baptized too. And what's crazy is Jesus at that point, he hadn't sinned and he ends up never sinning. He actually takes on our sin. Um, and John's like, no, like you should baptize me. But Jesus is like, no, this is what must be done. And so Jesus goes out into the water with John, and then as they're praying together, something crazy happens because the sky rips open, and this voice comes from heaven. It's God saying, this is my son whom I love. Listen to him. And then this dove comes down who's a representation of the Holy Spirit and, like, rests on Jesus. And it's this really beautiful picture. And right after that, though, is when Jesus' ministry started, so they say. So up to that point, Jesus hadn't done any miracles. But after that, all of a sudden, he starts healing the sick. He starts going to temples and teaching all the more, saying the kingdom of God is like here and now. Repent. Um, And he starts casting out demons. He starts doing all this crazy stuff of bringing life and healing to people. So there's this picture of when we're baptized, what we receive from God, what we acknowledge that we're receiving, then also is to be poured out too. And Jesus knew this. This was important to him, that when he was saying, I'm all in God, his life was about to be poured out. So I was baptized when I was like six or seven years old. And my parents tell me that I was reading my like little picture Bible, right? On my own, they didn't, like, ask me if I want to be baptized or anything. And then I told them, like, hey, like, I don't know what I said. I'm like, hey, parents, uh, I don't know what I said. But I, I, I was like, I want to be baptized. Like, based off what I'm reading in here, and, and I saw in this story someone's baptized. So I was. Um, and, and I think that's something that really came from my heart Uh, in and all that. But really looking back, I didn't know what I was doing. Like, I didn't know why... I was really choosing Jesus. I didn't know the implications of really like following him for the rest of my life and that my life was to look like Jesus's as well. Because I totally walked away from Jesus in high school. Um, I was about a whole nother lifestyle. Uh, I was about being accepted, being liked, being funny, being cool. Um, and I used a lot of people and heard a lot of people. And I was like, I'm not really about that Jesus thing. Uh, And that was part of college for me as well. And then God got a hold of me. He didn't stop pursuing me, just like he's not done pursuing me still and pursuing all of you, Um, that he's always in pursuit of us because he loves us. Um, And so then seven years ago, uh, seven summers ago, like I started following Jesus again. Um, And it's actually been this last year that I've recognized, like, well, I was baptized when I was little. And now I really know that I'm all in and I want to pour out like what I received. So I actually last week, like talked to the staff, like, cause this has been kind of on my heart for the last year and I want to be baptized, um, because it isn't that like the first one didn't count or anything like that, or that I need this to happen, but I want to make this declaration that I'm all about Jesus and you can expect from me to pour this out, um. Because I, I don't want my life to ever be the same. I want to continue to grow. And maybe some of you, you know, chose to be baptized when you were little or, or, or maybe even more recently. And, and whatever the case may be, I don't want to say it's wrong when you're little and, and better when you're older. But it should be a reminder to all of us, like, man, am I all in with Jesus? Am I all in? Um, And maybe tonight's a good time to remember if you've made that commitment or maybe you're here and you haven't done that yet. You haven't said I'm all in with Jesus to start thinking about where am I at with that? Like what old clothes would I want to hang on to and not clothe myself with Jesus? Next week, um, we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit. We're going to do that for three weeks um, because uh, things we can't see. People we can't see are really hard to comprehend, understand, um, and know how to interact with a lot of the time. Uh, but as we go to small groups, I, I just want to pray for us, um, and, and and that even as our brains are full, trying to think about finals and all of that, that we'd still have this space in small groups and time to just be with friends, be with community, and be with God, and say, God, where am I at? With you, am I all in? So would you pray with me? Thank you, God, that you you don't stop pursuing us, Lord, that you give us chance after chance to turn back to you. And whether there's things like right now in our lives that we need to turn away from and turn back to you, um, or there's things that we've seen like how you've done that in our past, would we just set our hearts and our minds on you? And Lord, thank you for the picture that you've given us in baptism. Thank you, Jesus, that it points us back to your cross and what you did that day and how three days later you rose again and that you have life abundantly, eternal life sealed for all of us that choose to follow you. Um, I pray for my friends that they would wrestle, that I would wrestle day to day. Like, where am I at with you? Like, what do I need to give up so that I can clothe myself with more of who you are? In your name, amen.